Good afternoon and everyone to Just Talking Sports on UCM The Beat. I'm JT Noah and I have a great lineup for you today. Listen, we're going to talk about shocking teams that have been good for their fan bases this year in college football. We're then going to talk about Aaron Judge and him chasing home run number 62. Plus, we're ranking the wildcard teams. Yeah, I know it's not official, but we got those teams. Also, we're going to jump back into the NFL and we're going to recap week two. And let me tell you, mayhem was the story. But first, let's get into it with the college football. And let's talk about those shocking teams. I've got four of them, and I'll go from four to one. And at number four right now is Oregon State. Three and no. Cool. They went and played at home week one. Beat Boise State 34-17. Then they headed on the road and played at Fresno State. They beat them by three. Then last week, they had a... Montana State, okay, all right. They beat them, though, 68-28. And you're like, okay, they're 3-0. But what are you talking about, JT? Here's the thing. Boise State is a good, solid team. Fresno State had their quarterback. And their quarterback, until last week, was healthy. He got injured in the USC game. He is projected to be a really high prospect in draft class this year. We'll see with that injury what happens to him. But they still went on the road and beat a good Fresno State team by three. And obviously Montana State isn't the best, but beating them by 40 is something cool. I like Oregon State, and we're going to talk about them a little later in the game or in the show. But, I mean, because they've got a good game coming up this weekend. All right, guys. The next one, Florida State. Let me tell you, I'll be the first one. I thought Florida State was done. Like, After Jimbo Fisher left, where have they gone? They haven't done anything. But this year, 3-0. And they've played two quality road opponents. First on the the list was week one, the Kosene. It was 47-7. They beat them by 40. So another team you beat by 40. So you had Oregon State beat Montana State by 40. And then you have Florida State beat Tukwesene. 47-7. Then they went on the road to at LSU, Death Valley, and they pulled out the 1-1 lead. They got the 24-23 win. Yeah, I know. It's nothing special, but when you go to Death Valley, you're wanting that victory. I mean, and they got it. 24-23. Big win right there at LSU. Then last week, they headed to Louisville, and they beat Louisville 35-31. Nice win on the road, and it was a weeknight game. So they didn't even play on Saturday. They played these boys during the week and got the win in Louisville. Florida State is looking really hot right now, and they're projected to go up. I like this team. The Seminoles are on the rise, and I didn't think I would say that coming into this season. And number two is Appalachian State. Listen, I know they're the only team on my list that has a loss, but when you score 40 in the fourth quarter and still lose, you're getting a little bit of eye raise, let me tell you. Listen, they went and played with North Carolina. North Carolina came to them, but they still played with them. It was 63-61. to That sounds like a basketball score. Ended it up, they lost. They scored 40, though, in the fourth quarter. That's crazy. And that got people looking at them like, oh, Appalachian State, you got some there, don't you, buddy? Then they went on the road, and they pulled off the upset. Went to College Station, pulled out the victory at Texas A&M, and won 17-14. to And that's when everyone's like, oh, okay, so that first game wasn't a fluke. That fourth quarter wasn't anything. They played a different kind of game against Texas A&M. It was a slow, methodic, keep the ball away from the offense And it worked. They scored 17 points and still won the game. So they were playing two different styles in the first two weeks. And then last week, I mean, 
If you didn't know, Appalachian State must have been praying to the gods all off season because whatever they got is the good mojo, and I like it. They went and played at home, Boone, North Carolina. College game day was there, and they pulled off the miracle. They beat Troy 32-28, to but that's not the thing. A Hail Mary at the end of the game pulled it off. It was a deep Hail Mary tipped in the air, caught by your receiver, goes around the defender and gets into the end zone. And let me tell you, Boone, North Carolina was dancing. They were jumping. I, I think they said, and I'm joking about this, but I'm pretty sure there was an earthquake happening because those fans were going nuts. Dude, Boone, North Carolina right now has probably one of the hottest college football teams that everyone's watching and they have a loss. Let me tell you, that's something special. They aren't playing these low caliber colleges and winning. They're playing the higher uppers. Texas A&M, go and beat. Play in conference against Troy. We'll throw a Hail Mary and beat you. We'll just take your heart out and watch you fall and hurt. Because we'll do that to you. And then North Carolina, we're just going to try to beat you by scoring 40 in the fourth. And still losing by two. But hey, we got the fans to look at us a little bit. And then number one, this one pains me. Like, oh my gosh, this pains me to say it. And I can't believe I'm saying it. But the number one shocking team in college football this season has to be none other than the Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah, I said it. And I'm sorry to all my friends that are Mizzou fans. Even I'm sorry I'm saying it. But yes, Kansas has been, to me, the most complete shock of them all. They're 3-0. and And you're like, oh, they probably played no one. Well, first week, yeah, they did. They played Tennessee State. They beat them 56-10. to And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Huh. It was a fluke. I mean, oh, they can't be that good. And they can't be good because they're Kansas then they went on the road and beat West Virginia. I'm like, what? And in that same week, my team, Missouri, just gets blown out by K-State. So, yeah, it was not cool. They went on the road, beat West Virginia 55-42 in overtime. And you're like, well, how did they get two possessions well, they didn't. They got a pick six in the overtime where West Virginia had the ball after they already scored. So, yeah, they won 55-42 over West Virginia. And then this one. They go on the road again, head to Houston, and beat Houston 48-30. to 48-30. Yes, the same Houston that was ranked at the beginning of the season. And I'm like, yo, this cannot be happening. And it, it was. It's 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 incredible. Like, props off to you, Kansas, for having a good football team. But like, where'd you come from? Like, I know you've been recruiting. And if people would have said, hey, Les Miles by 2022 would have a good team, I'd be like, okay, I can see that because it's Les Miles. Well, Les Miles is gone. And guess what? They're still playing well. And I think they're going to go 4-0 because they're going to beat Duke this weekend. It's the first time Kansas is 3-0 since 2009. Let that sink in, folks. 2009. That's 13 years. 13 years of pain, heartache for Kansas football teams. And the only thing keeping Kansas abrupt was their basketball. And guess what? Their basketball team wins the national championship, and now their football team's like, hey, we'll show up and play. And pops off to you guys. You're looking good, and you're the most shocking team to me in college football right now. Now let's move on to something more on the wild side. I like projections, and I like to predict scores and outcomes. So let's look at the top seven football teams in college football. Yeah, the top seven ranked teams. I'm going to go through their conference schedule. I said last week I was going to do top ten, but man, the top ten's a lot. So we're doing top seven. Got to keep it short and sweet. In its middle, 
because I'm getting one team from every Power 5 conference. So let's start with number one, the big bad Bulldogs of Georgia. Georgia's first SEC conference game is at Columbia, Missouri, where I do think the Bulldogs will stample the Tigers. Then they play at home against another Tiger in Auburn, and they will once again take a Tiger down. Then they play at home again against Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt has also been a shockingly good team. Now, their record doesn't show it, but they're playing more competitive and more fundamental football than I've seen in them in a long time. But they ain't playing with Georgia. Georgia wins. Then, number 20, Florida. They play them. That game is in Jacksonville. We'll see what happens, but I think Georgia right now, it's Georgia versus everyone else, and I like Georgia. They played number 11 Tennessee, and I think they beat that as well. Bye-bye, volunteer. Did you know a volunteer is a dog? I didn't know that until about like five years ago when I saw the mascot, and I was like, yo, what? All right, that's off topic, but that was crazy to me. Anyway. Another Bulldog, this time Georgia heads to the Bulldogs of Mississippi State. And only one Bulldog can come out, and it'll be the Georgia Bulldogs. Then you head to Kentucky, Georgia, to play the Wildcats, and Kentucky's playing well. I will give them that, but Kentucky can't play with Georgia. Georgia wins. That is it for Georgia. I think they make a clean slate. I still think it's Georgia versus everyone else. Usually it's Alabama versus everyone else. This year, it's Georgia. And I think it has to do with Georgia finally getting it over the hump and beating Alabama last year. Talking about Alabama, they're number two in their first game in the SEC conference play is against Vanderbilt. Like I said, Vanderbilt's playing well, just not to the level of the top tiers in the SEC. Then Alabama heads to number 10, Arkansas. And let me tell you something. Arkansas almost lost to Missouri State. And I don't know what happened there with Arkansas, but it's okay. I still don't think they're going to play well enough to beat Alabama. Then Number 23 at the moment, Texas A&M heads to Alabama. The Crimson and Red are going to win. Those Tide will roll over Texas A&M. Then number 11, the Volunteers of Tennessee come to town. And again, Tennessee, you're losing. Sorry, you're just overhyped. Always a little bit too much for my liking. You and Texas A&M. Just too much. Not enough, oh, let's stay contempt and play within our system. No. Overhype. Overhype. No. No, no. You guys haven't shown anything in the SEC for a while. Texas A&M, to be complete, hasn't since they joined. But Tennessee, there was a time. But this isn't the time. Then Mississippi State comes to town and Alabama hands them an L. Then Alabama heads to Death Valley for LSU. And let me tell you, folks, LSU may or may not be good this year. But there's one thing for certain. LSU will play Alabama to the final whistle. This team, LSU, could be 0-25, and you can't even be 0-25, and they would still take Alabama to the final whistle. That's how LSU views Alabama. They hate each other, and they want to go at each other. And I think LSU is going to give them a run for their money, but roll tie, roll. Then, Ole Miss. Alabama heads to Ole Miss after LSU. So, see, this is where I think maybe Alabama loses to Ole Miss because they're going to have their work cut out with them for LSU, 
and then you're not gonna be prepared for Ole Miss. We'll see, but Ole Miss could be the tricky one for Alabama. And then to finish it all off, Auburn. Alabama gets Auburn at home. So I think Alabama's gonna lose one conference game. And it could be Ole Miss, folks. Number three, Ohio State. Alrighty, Ohio State gets Wisconsin at home and Rutgers at home. Two wins. Then head to Sparty at Michigan State. Listen, Michigan State, what happened, bruh? You lose to Washington in Washington? Come on, man. I like Ohio State. I do. C.J. Stroud, too much. Iowa. After Michigan State, you head home to play Iowa. Ohio State's going to roll them. Will Iowa even score a touchdown? I don't know. Their offense apparently can't score touchdowns until after 12 a.m. Because that's what happened last week in the rain delay. I don't know. I don't trust Iowa, so no. Then you head to Happy Valley, Penn State. Number 14 right now, Penn State. Listen. I like Penn State, but I don't like them more than Ohio State. Give me Ohio State. At Northwestern, dude, does the Big Ten have probably the two worst teams in college football? Northwestern and Nebraska? Just saying. At Northwestern, easy win for Ohio State. Then at home against Indiana, give me the dub for Ohio State. At Maryland, see, okay, this is it. Right here, I'm going to tell you, at Maryland, this is sketchy. You play at Maryland before the big game against Michigan. I don't like it, but I'm still taking Ohio State. Then the final game, Michigan. It's at home for Ohio State. Michigan won last year. And I think Michigan's better roster-wise than they were last year. I'm just saying they have a quarterback that can throw, but they haven't played anyone. So I can't really tell you. Ohio State has played someone. We thought that was going to be someone in Notre Dame, and then they haven't been someone. So I'm going to go Ohio State here, but I'm not 100% on it. But I'm going to Ohio State. All right. Number four, Michigan at Iowa. Iowa. Again, can't score, so I can't pick you. Michigan at Indiana. Sorry, uh, give me Wolverines. Then Penn State, the Nittany Lions, come to town. Um, yeah, Michigan. Wolverines, give me them. Michigan State comes to Michigan. Michigan State won last year, but I don't like Michigan State this year. Give me Michigan. Alrighty, at Rutgers. Rutgers has played pretty well, but give me Michigan. Nebraska, oh God. Um, Yeah, uh, do I have to say anything? Give me Michigan. Illinois, eh, it's at home for Michigan right before Ohio State. Give me Michigan. Then the big game. And like I said, I don't know what... Michigan is about yet. So give me Ohio State. Number five, Clemson. And let me say something to all Clemson fans out there that are listening. Clemson, as of right now, is overrated. I'm saying it. I think Oklahoma is better than you guys. Just saying, but we'll get into it. All right. First game of conference play starts right now. Like this weekend... At Wake Forest, not just the plain old Wake Forest, the number 21 Wake Forest. And I think Wake Forest can give them a run for their money. I am going to do it. I can't believe I'm going to do it. Give me Wake Forest. Yep, I did it. Then comes number 12, NC State. That's at home for Clemson, so I'm going to take Clemson to bounce back. Then at Boston College. Boston College, not good. Give me Clemson. 
at Florida State. Florida State's looked good. Can they beat Clemson at home? I don't believe it. Sorry, Seminoles. Give me Clemson. Then Syracuse and Louisville. Back-to-back home games for Clemson. I like Clemson. Just give me Clemson. I don't want to talk about it. Then number 25, Miami, who I think also shouldn't even be ranked. But I'm not saying Clemson shouldn't be ranked, but I'm saying Miami is overrated as well. So give me Clemson. I don't know why I feel so strong, but give me Clemson. They're going to win. Dabo Sweeney for the dub. Number six, Oklahoma's next. They play at home against Kansas State or AKK State. Give me the Sooners. Then at TCU. Sorry, Horn Frogs. Give me Sooners. Then the big game. Number 22, Texas. And here's the thing. Will Ewing be playing for Texas, the quarterback? I don't think he is. Give me Sooners. Boomer Sooner. All right. Kansas, this game might be something. And remember last year, Kansas almost pulled that upset off. If it wasn't for that crazy play by Caleb Williams, the Jayhawks might have walked out with a dub, but they didn't. And Kansas looks better this year, but so does Oklahoma. I like Oklahoma to win. At Iowa State, give me Oklahoma. Number 17, Baylor at home for Boomer Sooner. Give me the Boomer Sooner. At West Virginia, sorry, West Virginia, not sweet, home. Give me Oklahoma. Then the big game. Stillwater, Oklahoma, home of Oklahoma State, the Cowboys. Pew, pew. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. It's a toss-up for me right now. I'm going to go Oklahoma right now because they have the defense. But I wouldn't be surprised if State takes it. Then to tap it all off at Texas Tech, home of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, but Patrick Mahomes ain't playing, so Oklahoma going to win. All right. The final one, number seven, USC. Today of right now, I don't trust USC. Their defense is no good. So their first game is at Oregon State this weekend. And for some reason, I'm doing it again. Two weeks in a row. I said last week Fresno State was going to cover. They didn't. I like Oregon State to win outright against USC this weekend. Give it to me. The Beavers over the Trojans. Then up, Arizona State. No. Arizona State, yeah, I got none for you. USC's beating you. At Washington State, or excuse me, at home against Washington State, yeah, I got none for you, Washington State. USC. Then at Utah. I like Utah a lot. Go Utes. Utah wins. I don't know. I think Utah is a really good team, and they just had a down week one, so give me Utah. At Arizona, USC. California comes to USC. Sorry, Trojans win. At Oh, against Colorado? Ooh, God. Colorado, no problemo. Give me Trojans over the buffs of Buffalo. At UCLA, yeah, give me USC. So I have them losing two games, and they ain't making the playoffs. So I have Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State in Oklahoma as my top four as of right now as I'm talking to you. So, yeah, that's how it looks. Okay, games to watch. Obviously, the number five Clemson at number 21 Wake Forest is going to be a good game. You got number 20 Florida headed to Knoxville, Tennessee to play number 11 Tennessee. And then number 10 Arkansas at number 23 Texas A&M. Going to be good games in the SEC this weekend. All right, and upset alerts. Here we go. Thursday night, I like Georgia State 0-3 over Coastal Carolina, who's 3-0. They're a two-and-a-half point favorite is Coastal Carolina. Give me Georgia State to win. Rutgers is 3-0. They're playing Iowa, who's 2-1. Iowa is seven-and-a-half point favorites. I don't like Iowa at all they haven't shown anything on offense 
give me Rutgers, the Scarlet Knights, to pull it off. Then, the one I've already talked about, Oregon State to cover the seven-point spread, but I'm going to take it with me and send it full throttle. Give me the Beavers over the Trojans to win it. I like the Beavers, and I don't like the Trojans. Don't ask why. I can't tell you, but it's okay. When we come back, folks, I've got the pros, and we're swinging it off right away with baseball. Aaron Judge will be right back here on UCM The Beat with Just Talking Sports. Okay, so five tacos of cheese and a large soda, that's $10,012. Please drive around. Wait, 10,000 what? It's obvious you're buzzed and driving. I've only had a few, I'm fine. Yeah, the food's 12 bucks, but getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Please drive around. Actually, just park and come in. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey y'all, I'm Blake Shelton. I love that country music connects people all over this great nation, but unfortunately so does something else, childhood hunger. 15 million children struggle with hunger in America. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks works to rescue our surplus food to help provide billions of meals to families in need across the country. Join the fight against hunger at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Juice, Mom. Juice, juice, juice. Mommy, why are we going to the store? Mom, Mom I want Mommy. juice. Mom. Juice, juice, juice. Mom. Your child will have different needs at different stages of life, and that includes the car seat. See, car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Protect your child's future at every stage of life. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Yo, 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 welcome back to Just Talking Sports here on UCM The Beat. I'm JT Noah Still, and guess what? It's MLB time. We're ranking the top six wildcard teams. Well, there is only six, so I don't know why I said top six, but we're ranking the six wildcard teams. Let's get right into it. I'm going to say this right now. I'm saying Atlanta Braves, number one. But I'm also putting the Mets there because right now that race for the NL East is so tight and close. It's only a one-game division. But whoever doesn't win the division is going to be the top-tier wildcard team. So Atlanta Braves, they're 93-56, and and they're 6-4 and in their last 10 games. And you're like, wow, that's really good. But then you think about it, and you're like, wow, I'm surprised they haven't taken over the New York Mets. Well, the New York Mets, they're 95-56, and 56, and they're 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. Literally, identical last 10 games. The Mets and Braves are literally going punch for punch for punch at each other. When one team wins, the other wins. When the one team loses, the other loses. Literally, last night, Mets lose. Braves go, <laughs> I'll lose two. They aren't catching up with the Mets. It's insane. So it's going to be a tight race the whole way through. And I think the Braves are going to be the wild card team. And the Mets are going to win the division. Number two is going to shock some people. It's not the top team right now in the AL wild card. It's the Tampa Bay Rays. I like the Tampa Bay Rays. And listen. I know they're 82 and 67. They've lost three straight and they're four and six in their last 10. But hear me out. They have veterans. They've been here before. They've been to the postseason numerous times. And I think that's going to help them. I like the leadership on this team. And I think it's going to help them when it comes to the wild card games. At number three, it's the San Diego Padres, and I've been tussling with three and four. You'll figure out who four is soon. But at three and four, I'm like, do I put San Diego at three or at four? And I ended up putting them at three. And the main reason why is they're getting hot at the right time. Winners of five straight, six and four in their last 
10 games, but you have Juan Soto, you have you Darvish, you still have Blake Snell, you have these teams and components to make a good team. You've got to find a way to win the big games. And another key piece, switch hitter Josh Bell. What an attribute and contributor that guy can be to this team. He came over in the Juan Soto trade. I like the Padres a little more than my four team, the Toronto Blue Jays. And you're like, why? Well, more like the Tampa Bay Rays, the Blue Jays are a younger team. And they haven't faced that adversity yet. Yeah, they have George Springer, but who else? I mean, you have so many players that have not made the postseason. It's going to be really interesting to see how they do. And I know what you're thinking. Well, most of these players, their dads and fathers played in the majors before. Okay, you just don't get the same genes and be like, yeah, I'm a postseason man. You've got to learn and earn it. It's way different now than it was back then. So we'll see what Toronto does. I'm just skeptical of them at the moment. And at number five is the last AL team, the Seattle Mariners. They're 81 and 67. There's four and six in their last 10. Not looking too hot at the right time. Looking a little skeptical. I like Julio Rodriguez. He's looked great. Great rookie season. Love that. I like the acquisition of Carlos Santana. Going to be great. I think Seattle is going to make a push. I just don't think they're going to get enough push to make it a big push. You get what I'm saying? I don't think they make it out of the wild card round. And then last... The Philadelphia Phillies. Listen, I know Bryce Harper was hurt. I know Aaron Nola hasn't looked great. I get it. Listen, I just don't trust the Phillies. Listen, they're not cool. They're not good. They're not flashy. They haven't done anything spectacular. And they're a bit skeptical. I don't like them. I don't trust them. That's why they're in six. They're 81 and 67. They're 5 and 5 in their last 10. And I just don't trust them enough in the NL. If they were on the AL, I might have given them more leeway. But I just can't do it right now. Now let's move on to something fun. My projections for the MVP, Cy Young, and Rookie of the Year. Let's start in the AL. MVP, it's a two-name race. And I'm going with the slugger himself, Aaron Judge, all rise for the judge. Listen, Aaron Judge is going crazy. He's going to break the AL record for home runs that is 62. We'll see how many he really gets. And he's in the fight for the triple crown. So he could win that too. But honorable mention to show, hey, Otani, obviously, multi-position athlete, pitcher, hitter, you name it. He's great for the Angels, but Aaron Judge has been the MVP for the AL. Cy Young. This one, I'm giving it to the older man, Justin Verlander out of Houston. He's coming back from Tommy John surgery and looking like a beast. So I like it, and he's getting his team to the postseason. Honorable mention, Dylan Cease for the White Sox. He's played really well. He's had a command issue at times, but I think he's done real well. Rookie of the year. Okay, this one's really hard, especially in the AL. There's some top rookies. I'm going to give it to Julio Rodriguez because he has played very well. His team is doing better than the others. So I will give it to Julio. But honorable mention to Bobby Witt Jr. of the Royals and Adley Rutschman of the Orioles. Orioles have looked really well. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to miss that wild card spot. But give me Julio for Rookie of the Year AL, baby. All right, NL. MVP, Paul Goldschmidt for the Cardinals. Looked great. Has been playing so consistent this year. I think it's been he's been overlooked for times. And it's unbelievable. He's playing well. I like it. 
Honorable mention to Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. Oh, my. Lips were sticky right there, folks. Bryce Harper. Anyway, Phillies. The problem with Bryce Harper, he was injured. So you can't really fall back to him because he missed so many games. I just like Paul Goldschmidt because he's played more consistently this year. Cy Young, Sandy Alcantara, the Miami Marlins pitcher, looked great. Young stud, throwing flames, been great. Love him. Think he's got the Cy Young racked up. Honorable mention to Zach Wheeler of the Phillies. Problem with Zach Wheeler, just like Dylan Cease, at times he's lost command of his pitch. He's gave up a little too many home runs for my liking. That's why Sandy gets to Cy Young. And then Rookie of the Year, literally, we know what team's getting the Rookie of the Year. It's just who's getting it. Is it going to be Spencer Strider or Michael Harris II? I'm going with Spencer Strider. He's looked great. I like him a lot. And even though Michael Harris has played very well all year, Spencer Strider has been phenomenal. And I think he could be a key contributor to the Braves making a huge push in the postseason. So Spencer Strider, Rookie of the Year. And then finally, we're talking Aaron Judge, folks. Aaron Judge. This man literally gambled money in a sense when he said hey i'm not going to sign this contract because i think it can do better and he has he has risen to the moment he has 60 home runs right now needs two more to break the al home run record he is third fastest to reach 60 home runs, 147 games. It took this man 147 games to hit 60 home runs. Insane. Behind, he is only behind Mark McGuire, who hit 142 games with 60 home runs. He hit 60 home runs in 142 games. Insane. Then Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds hit his 60th home run on game 141. 141 games for Barry Bonds to hit 60. Crazy. Listen, Aaron Judge has 14 games left. Seven home, seven away. And I know what you're going to say. He plays in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, okay. It's not like... We can pick everything. I'm not his contractor. The contractor for the Yankees. I'm not the one that built it. That's what I would be saying if I'm Aaron Judge. He's just hitting home runs here, there, everywhere. Listen, he's been hitting home runs so far that sometimes it looks like they're hitting the moon. I don't care where he's playing at. Sure, he's got help because of Yankee Stadium. But listen, folks, don't use that as an excuse when it comes to this kind of history. Aaron Judge is going to break the record, and to be honest, I hope he breaks it at a different stadium than Yankee Stadium because then it's like, hey, I hit my 60-second my home run, not in Yankee Stadium. It wasn't that short. Ha, ha, ha. So we'll see, but he's breaking that record. If he doesn't break the record, I'll be so sad. Do it for me, Aaron. You got this, buddy. Do it. You got it. Okay. All right. Our final last segment topic will be about the NFL. And guess what? We'll be talking about that right here on UCM The Beat on Just Talking Sports right after this. I'm a retired school psychologist, and helping people was my thing. After my stroke, when Meals on Wheels started, I was on the other end of the stick, so to speak. My name is Julius Gaines, creative writer, poet, photographer. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. 
driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Welcome back, folks. It's time to get into that final segment topic, the NFL. I know the one you've probably been waiting for, but it's here. It's time. It's about to go down. Let's talk first about the big news. Injury. Big one, Trey Lance. Out for the season. Heartbreaking, man. It stinks. I hate seeing injuries. And I'll even get into another injury soon. But right now, Trey Lance, it sucks. I hate seeing injuries. It's even worse when it's to a young guy like Lance. But listen, let's pump the brakes. You can be upset about an injury, but you can also be a realist. And right now, I'm going to be a realist for you guys. The 49ers are better today than they were last week with Trey Lance in the huddle under center. It pains me to say that, but it's the truth. Jimmy G gives the 49ers the best chance to win games right now. The man, the myth, the people that hate him. I don't get why he gets so much hate. He's taking the 49ers to the Super Bowl. He's taking them to two NFC championships. And he should have had a second Super Bowl appearance with them if it wasn't for a dropped interception last year. So, I don't get the hate. I know he's not something spectacular and he runs like a tortoise. But listen, he's given... The 49ers, the best chance to win. And moving forward, the 49ers could still win this division because the Rams have started so slow and the Cardinals are inconsistent. So, I think it's okay to be very upset about Trey Lance's injury, but you can also be a realist and realize that the 49ers are better off with Jimmy G under center than Lance. Big time other news injury is Justin Herbert. Listen, I'm going to get into the Thursday night football game after I talk about Justin Herbert's injury. But listen to this, dude. Justin Herbert, I want to give you a handshake and I'm giving it to you right now. I know you can't see it or you're not even listening to me, but I'm giving you a handshake because props to you for sticking it out in the game, taking a couple more hits with broken cartilage in your ribs. I didn't even know that was a thing, but that sounds very painful. And props to you for sticking it out. Listen, dude played phenomenal. And if I'm being real, the Chiefs are lucky that he got injured in a in a way. I think if he doesn't get injured, they score faster on that one drive. And they almost came up with that onside kick. So, at a time, it was like, oh my goodness. How did this happen? Justin Herbert went down. I thought he had broken ribs. Supposedly, broken cartilage in the ribs. Sounds even more painful. Where is this cartilage? It's gotta hurt. Anyway, the Chargers chargered away the game. And what are you saying, JT? What are you talking about? I'll tell you. Listen, the Chargers had this game pretty much almost like in a bow tie about to give it to your sister-in-law. And it was going to be a great Christmas present. In the inverse, Verrett, the tight end, gets tired. He wants out. He's tapping on his head. He's like, hey, 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 I'm tired. Get me out of here. I've been working too hard. And they're like, no, 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 stay in. We're going to run one more play. It's going to go to you, actually. Let's see what you can do on your breath out body. Guess what? He ran the wrong route, folks. He's supposed to run a flat route right to the pie line. And instead, he runs a little floating route. What are you doing, Varane? And then Justin Herbert put it in the position, the ball to be exact, where he thought his wide receiver would be, and it ended up so bad. Watson, the rookie, seventh round pick for the Chiefs, 
flipping Wendy's Burgers two years ago takes the pick all the way 99 yards for a touchdown in the Chiefs one. Listen, great story by Watson. Justin Watson, what a story. But man, Chargers always find a way to Charger. And I saw something that it just made me laugh. Here it is. Chargers almost always almost win. Just let that sink, folks. They almost always almost win. It hurts, I bet, to be a Charger fan. I'm sorry, Chargers. All right. Week two, Mayhem. Wow. Mayhem capitalized. Full capitalization. Here we go. Three teams I want to talk about. Browns, Ravens, and Raiders. Let's start with the Browns. The Browns have a 30 point win no what are you talking about jt it was 30 to 17 a minute 55 left and they blew it they blew it they lost 31 to 32 the jets yeah they were up 30 to 17 a minute 55 and they lose and you can blame whatever you want nick chubb cream hunt they deserve the hate for what they did but you cannot say it wasn't the defense's problem either. They blew a coverage on the first touchdown that the guy was so wide open, literally Joe Flacco couldn't underthrow him. Like if he overthrew him, he would have been kicked off the Jets. He was so wide open. Unbelievable. Busted coverage everywhere on the Browns' defense. I don't know whose fault it was. I don't care whose fault it was. Whatever happened, the Browns blew it, and then they even blew it more when they couldn't get the onside kick. Then they let the Jets go down the field and score again, giving them the lead 31-30, to and the Jets win after being down 30-17 to with a minute 55. Unbelievable. Insane. The next one. Oh, man, the Ravens, the Ravens, you're hearing it right. The Ravens blew it. Like, what? Yeah, the Dolphins outscored the Ravens 28-3 in the fourth quarter. 28-3 in the fourth quarter. What? Yeah, 42-38 was the final score but the Dolphins outscored the Ravens 28-3. to Huh? And you're like, oh, so Tua played a phenomenal game. Well, his stats say he did. But let's be real. The Ravens blew coverage after coverage. They let Tyreek Hill get behind him wide open. Unbelievable. Insane. Ravens deserved to lose. Dolphins didn't deserve to win. So they should have ended in a tie. The referees... The commissioner, Roger Cadell, should have came in and been like, yeah, you know what? Tie game. You both don't deserve to win because Dolphins played so bad in the first half, but then the Ravens played so bad in the fourth quarter, just one quarter, and blew it all away. Insane. Crazy. And then the final one, the Raiders. Oh, no. Those Raiders, man. It's tough to be an AFC West fan besides the Chiefs. It's got to be the hardest thing in the world. Listen, Cardinals come back from 20 down. They scored 22 unanswered points, won 29-23 in overtime. A scoop and score for the win. Impossibly unbelievable what the Cardinals did. But it's more impressive how the Raiders blew it. I mean, I'm being honest. I'm sitting there like, the Raiders are going to blow this. And then they did. I mean, unbelievable. Unbelievable. It was impossible what I saw. Kyler Murray looked like on that two-point conversion, the first one, it looked like when your controller dies and he's just sitting there and he's like, and you have to find the charger to plug in your controller to get him to move. And they just couldn't get pressure on him. So he's just sitting there and then he finds the gap and gets the two-point conversion. Crazy, man. Unbelievable. Oh, God. Mayhem in week three. 
Alrighty, some overreactions from week two. Two approved the haters wrong. No, uh, the Baltimore Ravens just blew coverages left and right in the fourth quarter. Congrats on hitting open receivers, Tua. You haven't proved me anything. You almost underthrew a wide-open Tyreek so bad that Marcus Peters almost got back and batted the ball away. So, yeah, you got to prove more than that, my good friend. Also, the Giants will make the playoffs. No, uh, the Giants are last year's Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers started 3-0 and then finished 5-12. and 12. Uh, Yeah, no, I don't see the Giants finishing 5-12, and 12, but I don't see them making the playoffs. Moving on, AFC South is the worst division in the NFL. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll go with that. Easy. Let's see. Two teams have played each other, and they tied. And the only team with the win is the Jacksonville Jaguars, who shut out the team that I thought would win the division in the Indianapolis Colts. I'm confused. Where did this team come from? Where did these teams go? Uh, the Tennessee Titans look like a shell of themselves, getting obliterated by the Buffalo Bills. So, yeah, worst division, AFC South. The only team beating the Bills is in the Selfs. Yeah, the only team that's going to beat the Buffalo Bills as we speak of today is themselves. They have outscored their opponents 72-17 to in two games. Wow. Uh, yeah. Buffalo is on a mission, and the only thing stopping them is themselves and injuries. Nathaniel Hackett will be fired before the season ends. That's the Broncos head coach for anyone. Yeah, no, that's not happening. I think there's three coaches. There's two that I believe that will be fired, and there's a third that could. The one that I'm guaranteeing that will be fired this year, Matt Rule, Carolina Panthers head coach, got to go. Get him out of there. Number two, the only reason he might not get fired is because his quarterback got injured. We'll see, but I think... Mike McCarthy needs to go for Dallas. He's bad, man. Get him out of there. Bye-bye. See you later, McCarthy. And then the last one. This is a throw in the dart, and maybe it's because I'm upset of how they performed the last two weeks. But Frank Wright, maybe the Colts send you on your way because you've started 0-2. You can't do anything right now. You didn't get them into the playoffs last year. Maybe it's time for you to go, Frank. We'll see. But that one is like the question mark because maybe I'm just overreacting because I'm upset the Colts look so bad, okay? I'll, I'll be honest. All right, power rankings. We'll start from the bottom. Moving into my top 10, the Green Bay Packers. They weren't in there last week. They won. They put it on the Chicago Bears. They head to Tampa this week. Number nine, falling down from number six, Baltimore Ravens. I know, I know. I, I, I Don't get me started, okay? The Ravens play at New England. It's a bounce-back game. Patriots are not good. Give me the Baltimore Ravens to win. Number eight, Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I had them high last week. They lost. Oh, they got beat. Kirk Cousins forgot Darius Slay's not his wide receiver, but still kept on it to him. That's okay. They play the Lions. I like the Vikings to win. I love this game. It's going to be close. going to be fun. Number seven, a team that wasn't ranked, but I've already talked about them a little bit. At number seven, the San Francisco 49ers. I like the 49ers with Jimmy G. I think this offense will do and be productive with him. So I like the 49ers. And I they played the Broncos Sunday night. I don't trust the Broncos. I won't until they prove it to me. So give me the 49ers to win. Number six, the Miami Dolphins. Yes, yes, I know. It's not what I want to see either. Number six, Miami Dolphins. Listen, Miami, you're lucky you're here. You were almost taken out of my rankings because you were getting blown out. You saved yourselves because you found the open receivers, Tua. Next time, it won't be so nicely. Got it? Got it. Cool. Number five, they're only falling a couple spots because I think they're the best team 
roster-wise in the AFC West. LA Chargers. I like the Chargers a lot. I think they blew this game against the Chiefs. They had it to them, and they handed it to the Chiefs to take it. So, I'm moving the Chargers down, but I still like them. Number four, the Eagles of Philadelphia. Listen, they were ranked 7th last week. They proved to me they're better than the Vikings. I like Jalen Hurts a lot, and thank you, Jalen, for fantasy points. Anyway, I think this team, the Eagles is going to make a run and I had them as the two seed on my predictions this year but listen I can't put them above number three Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay went into New Orleans without a lot of their players Mike Evans gets thrown out for protecting Tommy boy but I like Tampa Bay because they played fundamentally sound on defense and on offense Tom Brady's gonna figure it out listen Tom Brady will figure it out sadly you know he will the defense is playing phenomenal that's why they're number three they play against the Packers it's gonna be a great game number two and number one stay the same Chiefs two Bills one Chiefs listen he's gonna have a field day this week against the Colts Mahomes has 17 touchdowns, two interceptions against Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator for the Colts. It's going to be a phenomenal game for my man, Patrick Mahomes. Listen, the Colts have given up 72% completion rate this season, ranked number 31. Mahomes has played him seven times, 17 TDs, two interceptions. Unbelievable. Number one, Buffalo, like I said, the Dolphins, they're going to get steamrolled. Listen, the Dolphins should have got steamrolled last week by the Ravens. This week, the Bills won't be nice. They're going to do it to you. We'll see what happens. But now we got to move on and hurry it up with my game picks. Got three minutes. Let's do it. Rapid fast. Boop, 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 boop. All right. Games to watch, games to pick. Detroit Lions versus Minnesota Vikings. Vikings six-point favorite. I like the Vikings to win, Lions to govern. Cover, not govern. Who is govern? JT, cover. Listen, 23-20, Lions cover. Vikings win, great game, but Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, too much for the Lions defense, and I don't trust Goff at all at quarterback for the Lions. All right. Buffalo, six-point favorite, headed to Miami. Bills win 37-20. to Take away the big explosive plays if you're the Buffalo defense. If Miami doesn't have two or more 30-yard or more plays, they're not even going to stand a chance. If they get those, they may make it close, but they've got to get two 30-yard or more plays. I don't think it's going to happen. Give me the Bills. And lastly... Green Bay Packers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs are a one-point favorite. I like the Bucs in a low-scoring game. Give me the Bucs 16-10. The Bucs defense is too much. Rodgers doesn't have the weapons to beat this defense. And if the Packers want any chance, they've got to convert on third down. They have to have a better than 35% completion rate on third down we'll see what they can do i don't think it's going to happen and my upset of the week to finish it off jacksonville over the chargers the jags over the chargers listen i just don't know what herbert's going to do with this broken cartilage that's why i'm sorry charger fans you played a close game against the chiefs you let one slip now herbert's a little banged up I just think the Jags can pull it off this week, and they're going to win. I just like it. So give me Vikings, Bills, Buccaneers, and Jacksonville to win. Man, I got to go. I'm sorry. I made it. I have 20 seconds to say my goodbyes to you all. I love you. Thanks for listening. It's been a great show. It's been wild. It's been fun, explosive, crazy. I'm always bringing it. I'm wild. I know. Some people think I might have ADHD. Who knows? But guess what? Come join me next week, noon to one, on Thursday. We're talking again. NFL.
college football, MLB. We'll see if Aaron Judge has already broke the record or not. But we'll see. We'll see you next week.